you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Melissa. This is Dane. And we're very glad to be back with you. I had a lot of fun doing that last podcast with Peggy. I hear you. I listened to it and it was really good. It was nice. I mean, it's a lot of years as both co-workers and friends and we were reminiscing through that. It was, it was really fun to do, fun one to do. Got a lot of great feedback. Thank you yeah, to always, those of you who gave always, us good always feedback. Always great to reminisce with uh, Peggy and Bob and, you know, yep. we've known them, those guys for a long time. Yeah. I knew them before I knew you. Right. It's a long time. We had our 19th anniversary of meeting on the airplane March 29th. Yeah. My mom's birthday. And yeah, yeah it was great. It was great. If you don't know how we met, check into one of our earlier podcasts because we got to laughing so hard talking about it. I'm not going into it right now, but it was definitely my lucky day. We just finished three weeks of Peggy being a guest in our home while we were working on the Gestalt Coaching Method program, which is our master's level program for people who have graduated out of the Equine Gestalt Method program and want to deepen their skills. So we had one freshman class and two junior classes, so three different weeks of different students there. The crazy thing is, is you tell me how each class is like really different. It is. I mean, I have a topic and an idea on curriculum, but I deliberately don't make it really hard or really strict because their personalities are different. What they want out of it is different. So we pretty much float through the week helping them pull out what they need and what they want the most. So freshmen were working on groups, which if you're a listener and you're interested in sampling our work, can be a great way to do it because in a group, it's less expensive. It usually runs about a fifth what a private session runs. And the groups are confidential. They're they're sacred. They're, you know, definitely what happens in group stays in group, but people get their unfinished business done in group. And it's a great way for the public to try out our method. Nice. Yeah. And you just started a new class on the equine facilitator. Exactly. So did the orientation the last Thursday of that three weeks. Boy, I was tired. But we did the orientation for that. And thank you to anybody and everybody who sent people our way. We have a wonderful class, over 60 people coming into it. We've done our first actual class of the 27 for this year. And it will wrap up in December and they'll be ready to do their workshops. And I know that we had some people who missed the deadline for joining it. So I don't know about you, but years go pretty fast in my life. So if you're interested in next year's group that starts April 2024, it's never too early to get your contract in and get going on the 24 group. But it's a great way to see success like right out of the barrel. It is. It is. I'm really gratified. We're going to do, I think I'll probably actually put it into a podcast, the people who went through the first class and what success they're seeing now with having these workshops. So they're nationwide. If you want to find somebody to do one of the workshops in our methodology, you can go on to touchbyhorse.com. You can find our practitioners. You can find our dual grads, which means they've done the master's program as well as the basic EGC. And we have a section for our EQ facilitators who can create workshops for you, your business associates, your family, whatever it is you're looking for. So yeah, we're underway with that. We are recording this out in California again. Yep, made our way across 
across uh, the states. Uh, we had to go to the lower route this time just based on the weather conditions through the Rockies. Yeah, it was snowing like all through Vail and Glenwood Canyon and the direct route that we normally right. take, which that's my favorite route. I like doing that northern route. Southern route goes back into my roots where I was raised yeah. in Arizona, and I wouldn't recognize the state now. It's so busy and so many people. Well, one of the better things along that route, and we just found out about this little gym in Gallup, New, Mes- New Mexico. Oh, my God. It's uh, Glenn's Donuts. I, I, think, oh, no, it's it, I think it's Glenn's Bakery. Glenn's Bakery. Yeah, because I think uh-huh. we, 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 because we're so diet conscious, we looked up donut on the drive, <laughs> <laughs> on the drive, and found Glenn's Bakery. And it is this tiny little bakery sitting in this town on the reservation of Gallup, New Mexico. Well, it's right on Highway wow, 66. Wow, wow, wow. On the old Highway 66. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it looked like it had been there a long, long time. They, they were so nice. So nice. Yeah. So nice. And we each bought one donut and, and a little bottle of milk, right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the idea was to have donuts for a few days, but wrong again. We gobbled them down. They were just way, way good. Way, way good. So the topic I wanted to speak about on this podcast is a book that I'm Uh, very good old friends with. I've known this book for a million years, written by Bob Berg, B-U-R-G. It's called The Go-Giver. And I use that book as one of the textbooks for the GCM, my master's program, because a lot of people are very uncomfortable with the word sales, doing anything that has to do with sales. But I crank out these people certified in our program, and I stress a lot of business acumen in there. And the one area they kind of get hooked up on is the idea and the concept of selling, quote unquote, their service. And this book does a reframe on it so that they don't have all the typical hangups about sales. And I, you know, when you met me, had you ever done any kind of selling before? Minimal. Very Very minimal. minimal. Yeah. Working for the government, selling them to keep you employed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, we, we sell kids to go to bed on evidently time. Evidently, that worked very good. It did. <laughs> a lot of years. But, you know, we really do in our natural life. We yeah. sell, you sell, you know, somehow you sold me into going on a date with you. And then, but we sell our kids to get into bed on time. And when we kind of do that in a lot of ways, persuasion might be another word. But when you're doing something in a life of service to others, which is more what our healing work is that we do with the horses and in Gestalt, I don't think of it as selling. I think selling sometimes feels more like you're persuading or convincing somebody about something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The whole persuasion thing sort of sounds tricky anyway. Right, exactly. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants to be that person that's manipulative right. or in some way doing something that turns another person but, away. But I know what you do is, is genuine, informative. Yeah, I don't think of what I do as sales. Now, in the booth, when we used to do the booths and all the big expos, then people weren't coming by to see about our service. They were seeing about buying the deck or buying the books or yeah. buying the products. That's different. I taught you a few 
tips and tricks <laughs> along oh, yeah. the way on that for, for sure. sure on that. But, but when we're thinking about it for our graduates and our certified practitioners out of our programs, I don't at all think of it as selling. So if you're in a service business yourself as a listener to our podcast, I would suggest this book, Go Giver, because he just redoes the thinking around sales, I think, into a really positive way. So one of his, for stratospheric success, one of his sort of five laws that he puts in the book is the law of value. So your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And you know, one of my big mottos in in our company is to under promise and over deliver. If somebody takes a course of ours, they're always saying to me, wow, I didn't know all this was included in this course. Wow, you guys really go over the top. I think that's important when people are spending their dollars on anything to have that feeling and to know that our true worth is determined by how much more we give in value than we take in payment. Well, well I know this for sure that people have never never been slighted by material that you've given. Right. It's always way more. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I, you. I know that for sure. Thank you. And I'm going to say that that's true for our practitioners as well. They struggle at first with what they can charge for a private session. And I, I, they're the best trained in the world. They have the best method in the world for helping people overcome things that have happened to them in their life, whether it's trauma or loss of a friendship, whatever it might be. And they spend more time. This isn't three weekends and yay, you've got your certification. This is two plus years of deep study to become the professionals that they are. So I want them to charge as a professional and they'll struggle, struggle, struggle. Well, I don't know, in my area, you know, my friends don't have any money. My family doesn't have any money. They'll tell me all that stuff. And then I turn it on them and I say, tell me something. You've done your personal work with me. Do I, what was that worth to you? What was the value? And they'll say, oh my God, it was priceless. It completely changed my life, changed who I am. You can't put a dollar on it. And they're like, dude, same true for you, right? So we we do in this methodology charge a fee, obviously, because our practitioners are often supporting a horse and they're not cheap to do the method as well. And then also changing people's lives, completely transforming them. So there's no way that they don't live by this first law of value. They give more in value than they take in payment, whatever they're charging. So I'm always really happy about that. The second of the five laws is the law of compensation. And that one, he says, your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. And I love that because it's not how many people you sell, how many people you convince, how many people you persuade, you know, to come to you. It, their practices grow rapidly because the income is determined by how many people you're in service to and how well you give your service. So I think we really hit that one as well. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Rather than... I guess the donut guy, well, that was a service. You know, yeah. he sells his donuts, right? But 
when we walked into that little bakery and it was not fancy it was very plain jane kind of old 1950s but not because they're trying to be retro i think that stuff's really been there since the 1950s (laughs) it's original and what was so good i think that struck us both was the people that work there and their attitude yeah they were genuine they were friendly they were in service yeah truly in service and served a great product yeah absolutely but it was just their attitude about it they've had millions of people come through their door they didn't act like that they acted like we were the first people of the day and they were happy to see us and i don't know i love companies like that where they actually care there's nothing more uncomfortable for me than to be in like a big box store and i'm trying to buy an outfit to go somewhere or something and you have to say could you put your phone down long enough to answer a question for me or could i trouble your conversation with your co-workers so I could find out if this comes in this size I mean, those things are not they're not in service they're getting paid by the hour and they honestly some of them not all of them but some of them don't care because it's not affecting them personally right right, right. and so the bakery that was definitely the owner and it was affecting him personally and certainly for all of our practitioners it affects them personally they care that their clients get the very best service that they possibly well, see, I can. saw that they had a drive-through and I'm glad we didn't go through the damn drive-thru. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. You would have loaded up the back of the truck. Yeah. I, know I know how you go. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. The third law of the five laws is the law of influence. And he says, your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And I I really love that because for me, one of the things that I created in the methodology, the equine gestalt coaching method, is the remembrance that I learned in Gestalt, which is a little different than other types of therapeutic process. In our method, the Gestaltist is not above the client. So they're not sitting with an attitude of, I have the answers and you don't. That just is not where they come across at all. It becomes 100% about the client and their life and what they need to have heard and seen and processed and finished up for them so they can go forward and have a great life. And so we it's just in the nature of our methodology to put our clients first. And I remember in my traditional psychotherapy practice, I think... I had been in practice a couple years when I was speaking to one of my mentors in the day, and I said, I I have this sort of sadness about some of the people that come to see me. My practice is full. I'm busy, busy, busy. And at the end of the day, there are days when I feel that people are paying 
money to me because I'm the only person in their life that for one hour will listen to them and put them first, put their needs and their concerns and their issues and their thoughts and their heart first. And they're going through the other 470 hours a week you know, with no one doing that for them, no one shining the light on them so they can really look at whatever it is they want to look at. Of course, that was many years ago. And for me, I kept that awareness and brought it into my methodology, which is experiential. It's not listening to people for an hour. It's interactive, but it's all about them. And that's what our practitioners know is it is 100% about them. So when we think of Bob Berg's law of influence, Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. You know, it's it's huge. Right. Yeah. Well, I know you're that way. Yeah. You you are too. Yeah. That's why we get along so well. Because you 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 are as well. You're always making sure that everybody's happy, including me. Years ago, I knew. I don't know if I told you this story before, Dane, but it just flashed in my head. So I'm going to share it this wonderful man named Richard Brooke, and he had written some books, and I knew him through a marketing course, and and we got to be good friends, and we were sitting having a conversation, and one of the conversations was a a little bit on this topic of it doesn't really work to go out and just make a presentation to somebody and, and hope they say yes. And he and I created a challenge that we ran for a year. Each of us independently in our own lives ran this challenge. And the first thing, and he contributed this, he said the first thing that he wanted to make sure happened was that people, when they met him and got into a conversation with him, left the conversation feeling better about themselves than anything else. Like they always left feeling better about themselves. Isn't that a nice tenant? Yeah. I love that. We came up with three more. That's another podcast. But I love that. If everybody you met today, if you're a listener, everybody you meet today and you get in conversation with, and you make sure they feel better about themselves than before they ran into you, that's a good thing in the world. We all all need a lot of that. Yeah, I wish I could do that more. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's holding it as our consciousness, right? right? And and you tend to do like you and I both. If we're in a restaurant and there's a server, we both tend to say, "Oh, thank you for doing such a great job." Or they we had a great guy last night at the restaurant, Wayne. Oh they, yeah, they introduced by their name. Hi, I'm Wayne, and I'll be your server. And he he had a lot of tables. Boy, that guy was busy. And I I think most of the time. People don't even remember the person's name, right? Right. But myself and yourself and the other person that was with us, every time we said, thank you, Wayne, or Wayne, that's so, you know, you did a great job with it. We were just giving him that so he would feel better about himself when he was done with our table than than he's a robot, right? Yeah. Just doing a robotic And he was like on the ball game. Yeah, he's great. He was really good. He was really good. Yeah, it's. I remember my parents told me that I had to get a job as a waitress at one point in my life because then you're polite to servers forevermore. And I totally buy into that. Right. <laughs> That's important. My kids both did it too. Yeah. Both had to work in restaurants because the rest of their life they were nicer to people hey, in restaurants. And Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, and Kevin too. And, and you did yeah. it. You yeah. did it too. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing. And that's often a first job for a lot of kids anyway. So the fourth of the five laws is the law of authenticity. And Bob Berg writes, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. 
And boy, that's also so true in our life, but it's so true um, in general of our practitioners. One of the basic tenets of Gestalt is that we are to hold people as whole and complete and resourceful and strong. Like we see our clients that way. Even if they can't quite feel that themselves, we're bringing into their awareness, oh yeah, I've got the answers to my my issues here. One of the ways to do that is to make sure that we are in our most authentic self. And people throw the word truth around a lot. I always think we each have our own truth. There isn't the truth. I don't agree with that. There's our own truth. But authenticity takes it one more level down. And I do remember our first date in a restaurant. I went home and told my daughter and my roommate, I don't know if I could date this man. I'm super attracted to him. I think he's so sexy. I really like him a lot. But he has this laugh. And the laugh, is, <laughs> the laugh is loud and people in the restaurant kind of looked at us. And so I don't know if I could go out with somebody like that. And I, I am embarrassed that I had that conversation all those years ago because your laugh is one of the things, even though sometimes it makes me cringe in a fancy <laughs> restaurant, but it's you and it's authentic and it's yeah, real yeah. and you're genuine with it. And I love the fact that we laugh a lot. We spare you the laugh on the podcast, by the way. But those who know Dane in person know that. But it's your authentic self and that's, yeah, that's yeah. who you are. You are. You are who you are. You're very real. And it's like, not only that, but you're harmless. You're a very kind, loving guy. But that law of authenticity, and I work very hard myself to remain that way myself, to be sure that I'm meeting people with my authentic self. So my mind just traveled to where we were yesterday. Do you remember where we were yesterday? A retirement party. Well, that makes it sound like we're all 90 years old. We were... (laughs) When I'm out here... The Thwaites are so kind in Escondido to allow me to have my trainings at their barn. And they have this incredible barn that's part art studio and part barn. We've talked about it in other podcasts. And her husband, John, who you play golf with all the time, was retiring 35 years as a pilot back and forth to Hawaii. What what airline did he fly for? Delta. Delta. Okay. Either that or American. I kept saying United, so I don't know. But anyway, commercial airline pilot, 35 years is quite an accomplishment. His wife, Vivian, threw him a party and they had a pizza truck and they had the charcuterie boards and they had a really fun photo thing. I don't know what to call it, but like a, like a photo, like a modern photo booth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, It was really fun. Some incredibly good music, had different live bands coming and yeah, she did. She did a nice job. She did a very nice job on that. And one of the words that I heard kicked around by a couple of John's friends were just love him. He's so real. He's just such an authentic guy. I thought, well, that was really neat. Really good. The most valuable gift you have to offer in the world is yourself and be true to who you are, right? And that seems to be a current topic in the world today is, first of all, allow people to be who they are. Who are who am I to tell somebody else who they are, right? So we have to be sure, I think, as a culture to relax, deal with your own life, deal with your own way, how you're showing up in the world, and let people show up in the world more true and authentic to who they really are, yep. you know, in there. Okay, fifth law of stratospheric success 
is the law of receptivity. And so the law of receptivity, Bob Berg says, the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. I would say this is the one I do the least well on. I think we both do. Yeah. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And, you know, the horses teach me this a lot. So in the human body, and I see it the same in the equine body, the right side of the body, the energy flows out. It's the energy of giving. It's energy flowing outward. And the left side is the portal for receiving and bringing energy in. I've often thought they goofed up making the tradition that we keep horses on our right side. We lead them with our right hand, probably because more people are right hand dominant, keeping the horse on our right side. The horses in my work, when they can, they're almost always, like 100% when they're doing healing, they're on the left side of the person. And that's because they can give energy and it can be received through the left side instead of the right. And they're the same way on their bodies as well. They're wired that same way. And, you know, I think that for me anyway, the horses see that as a failure of the human that we can't receive as well as we give. And... I know women a lot of times will will be much more comfortable being in service or making the meal or doing the nurturing or, you know, give, 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 and very hesitant to ask for help or to receive, like receive a compliment without deflecting it away, you know, all those things. It's just a well, trick. I think that's uh, just typically human nature is not being uh, receptive to a lot of compliments or whatever you know yeah some people are really good at receiving like they're over the other limit right, right they're right they're but, users but I think the percentage is higher and unlikely to be receptive of uh, you know compliments yeah or things yeah. like that yeah yeah i love that so that book again is the go giver it's a tiny little book not big those are the five laws of stratospheric success I think it's an important book if you are in a service business of any kind, wanting to put your products out in the world or put your product, your service out in the world, whatever it might be, to give those some thoughts. And the book really has helped our graduates rewire their thinking because they are deeply in service to others. We want to thank Hope Through Horses. They are a partial scholarship of our podcast, and we really are in deep gratitude to them for all the things they do for us at Touched by a Horse. Look at hopethroughhorses.com for more information about them. They are a 501c3 and they do a lot of great work in the world, helping different people afford service with our practitioners, helping our practitioners with some of the basic needs they have in getting their business off the ground. And they give us a scholarship for one lucky student each semester. So we're very uh, happy with all of that situation. Um, if you have an interest in becoming an equine gestalt coaching practitioner, we are receiving contracts now for our July 1 group. We take 16 people in. We have nine under contract as I'm doing this in April. It goes fast. So if you have any interest in that, go to touchbyhorse.com. The application is on the website. Turn your application in and usually once a month or so, we let people know whether they've been accepted into the program or not. Uh, you do not need to be a horseman 
clinician, a therapist, a coach, uh, a Reiki master. I mean, there's no prerequisites that way. What we're looking for actually are more around the why you would want to sit in service, sit in the presence of others in their pain and help them come to the light. So that's what we're looking for as light workers. Thank you again. Thanks, baby. Good to do this with you yeah, again. Yeah, it's good to be here again. Nice. Can't wait for the next one. Nice. Yeah, we're going to be kind of doing a little deeper dive on some of the horse and rider articles that were written and um, fleshing those out a little bit in the podcast. Well, that'd be great. I know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot one other very important thing that happened on that drive. What? Halo. Oh, horse. <laughs> we do have a new horse, a new healing herd member. His name is Halo. He's a nine-year-old gypsy gelding. And on my Facebook, if you're interested, uh, you can go to our Facebook. Um, we will have lots and lots of pictures of Halo coming on. As soon as we get back in May, he's going to be delivered the end of April to the farm. As soon as I get back in May, he will be showboated quite a bit on our Facebook. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.